Welcome to Paper Boys. We have an exciting episode for you this week where we dive into recent research on the correlation between tongue fat and sleep apnea, which you've probably heard about a lot recently in popular media. Yeah, this was a really awesome one for me to learn about. James did some straight up debunking of some bad headlines out there. So thank you, James. I learned a lot, like specifically that you can have a fat tongue, which is a very crazy concept to me. Also, this is our first episode back after a long time away from each other where we didn't record together. So we're shaking off the cobwebs a little bit. Hopefully you'll bear with us with our little quirks and bad jokes. I promise we'll be funnier next week. We're trying our best, but hopefully you enjoy this brand new episode of Paper Boys. Welcome to Paper Boys, the weekly podcast where we unravel the research papers behind the latest major headlines in science. I'm your host this week, James, along with co-host Charlie. As always, welcome, Charlie. I'm happy to be, well, I would say I'm happy to be here, but I'm not actually with you right now, James. No. I was going to say this is a cross-coastal recording session, but really, we're still on the same coast, just different cross-latitudinal? Yeah, very latitudinal right now. Super so, latitudinal. For context, I am down in Southern California, and James is all the way back up in Seattle, snowy Seattle, snowy Seattle. while I'm out here tanning. I'm currently tanning while we're recording this. So, Charlie is being modest, saying Southern California. He's actually doing an internship at the Jet Propulsion at the Jet Propulsion <laughs> Laboratory or JPL. Charlie, you're working 90 steps from the Mars 2020 rover. Is that right? Yes, I and it's. Taken every fiber in my body not to like tweet out a picture of this, although I should just do it now. Now that yeah. the cat's out of the bag, I'm at JPL. It's been, it's really cool. I don't want to, you know, waste a bunch of paper boys' time on this, but yeah, I got to see the Mars rover like in person. I can go see it whenever I want. It's pretty much, I'm going to keep bragging about that until the day I die because it's uh, so far is the coolest thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Do you want to give our listeners just a little hint of what you're working on if you can? Um, no, (laughs) (laughs) dude, you got to brag. No, we'll, we'll tease it out over the next, you know, nine weeks that I'm here. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. You can't, uh, can't give it all up too soon, I guess. Yeah. Got to James, the first rule of podcasting, keep him guessing. Keep him guessing. Exactly. Well, despite the long latitudinal distances, I'm excited for this week's episode. The paper that I'm bringing in was in the news a lot. This is an interesting one about some of the causes behind sleep apnea. Yeah, I saw um, the headlines that you sort of shared here in your notes, and the, it has to do with like your tongue being too fat or something. It sounds like kind of gross, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like not too surprising, right? The fatter your tongue is, I should say, the more fat you have in your tongue, the worse your sleep apnea is going to be. Like, it's not that's not crazy, but that's some interesting research behind it, and it was popping up all over the news. So I was like, eh, "It's a good fit for Paper Boys." Yeah. So what was some of the news that you actually saw for this? So Science Daily had a headline: "Losing tongue fat improves sleep apnea. Tongue could be a new target for treating the common sleep disorder." CNN said, "Lose fat in your tongue to improve sleep apnea." Study says, 
don't you feel like CNN are always has that little study says at the end? Yeah, like the hanging clause or something. I don't know whatever you call it in in grammar school, but yeah, I feel like dead English teachers all over the world are rolling over in their grave. No, you know what's you know what I find way more annoying what's is that? um, and I notice the New York Times and the Washington Post do this all the time. They'll have a headline that that is actually two sentences. Like it'll be like, you know, scientists thought fat tongues didn't cause sleep apnea, period. They do, period. (laughs) Keep it, yeah, keep it to one sentence. Yeah, come on. Jeez. Science Focus probably had my favorite headline that was, fat got your tongue? Study finds (laughs) sleep apnea linked to tongue fat. Oh, man. That is pretty good. It's Pack out your tongue. Yeah, it almost makes up like a weird palindrome of words, but not quite. Yeah, is it? Oh, linked? Uh... No, I mean, it doesn't. <laughs> almost. Yeah, I'm not sure you know what a palindrome is, James, but... Like a false palindrome. Okay, well, I'm intrigued a little bit. I don't know if grossed out is the right word, but just the idea of like a fat tongue. I, I would never think of a tongue as having fat. You know what I mean? I mean, it's hard enough to think of a tongue as like a muscle in the first place, but... Yeah, it's like weird to think that if you eat that extra donut, some of it's coming straight back to your tongue. (laughs) Yeah, like, oh, it's going straight to my tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess some people probably like thick tongues, you know? Maybe that's the thing. Yeah, thick with two C's. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so what is the actual research paper that was generating these headlines? So this paper came out of the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine. Um, the journal that it was published in was the American Journal of Respiratory and Critical Care Medicine. Lead authors were Stephen H. Wang, BA, and Brendan T. Keenan, MS. Uh, there were several other authors associated with various departments um, with the university as well. But these were the two co-authors. And the title of their paper was Weight Loss in Patients with obstructive sleep apnea, or OSA. Okay, first observation. I don't know that I've ever seen a journal paper where, first of all, where the the author's titles are listed, and second of all, where the authors are not PhDs. That's impressive. Oh, so there are other authors. There are other authors oh, who are MDs and PhDs. Right. Yeah, these are just the oh. two co-first authors. Well, I'm not impressed anymore, these fools. Peons, just kidding. They published in a very good journal. Okay, so wait, but the title just says weight loss in patients with obstructive sleep apnea. Is the weight loss like, did they do like, you know, push-ups with their tongue or something? Or, um, Well, no. So it was kind of interesting. What they wanted to see... Well, so, okay, let me take a step back. When I heard the headlines in the news, I was like, okay, they found a connection between tongue fat and sleep apnea. It turns out this... Many of the same authors from the study had already published that result in like 2014 when they found that, yeah, there's a link between tongue fat and sleep apnea. So it was like, okay, so what's the difference between this study six years later and that previous one? So what they did in this study, they basically had a cohort of like nearly 70 people. Uh, The patients were obese and they did sort of baseline measurements at the beginning. Then all of the patients went under some sort of weight loss regime. Some of them, about half, had like surgical operations 
like gastric bypass. Mm-hmm. And then others went through dietary changes, increase in physical activity and like behavioral changes to lose weight. And then they did another set of measurements. So six months after the baseline measured a bunch of different factors and found that tongue fat still had a big effect on sleep apnea. And this, this was in the old study or this is this current study? That's this current study. Oh, wait. So that was like the whole executive summary. Yeah. Is this just like more comprehensive than what was done before? I don't really understand then what this paper is adding. So what this paper was adding is that this paper was showing that if you can reduce the amount of tongue fat that you have, you can make drastic changes to the severity of your sleep apnea. And I think I didn't read the full previous study, but I think that was just showing that, hey, like tongue fat might be one of the causes for sleep apnea. Hmm. Okay. I see. Sleep apnea has a lot of like mystery around it, surprisingly. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I was about to say like, I've been going along here like, oh, I totally know what sleep apnea is. But I feel like I only know about sleep apnea in kind of like the pop culture sense. And I get that it makes you snore and stuff. But like what what actually is sleep apnea? Can you give me like a more medical explanation than that? Totally. So sleep apnea basically means that while you're sleeping, there are periods of time where you stop breathing. That's what apnea refers to. It means that like total cessation of breathing for like 10 seconds or more. 10 seconds? Yeah, zero breaths. Dude, uh, th- th- okay, this was like actually was like a fear of mine for like a long time was that I would go to sleep and that like I would stop breathing. Charlie, your nightmare is real, at least for nearly a billion people in the world. A billion people? Yeah, it, sleep apnea is a huge deal. You know, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but sleep is super important. And basically what happens with sleep apnea is you may be asleep you think for like you know a full eight hours but you're not getting the full restful benefits of sleep because your body is cycling through these periods of like basically oxygen starvation oh my god so like every like couple minutes or something your body thinks that it's like suffocating and kind of goes into distress and then comes out of it yeah and i think there are like large systematic symptoms that arise from sleep apnea but yeah, it's, wait, so what are what are the yeah. actual like detriments of this? I mean, besides being terrifying. So I think what ends up coming with it are a lot of the same problems um, from not getting enough sleep. But I looked up, I tried to like figure out or at least look up some previous research on what's the like economic impact of sleep apnea. Hmm. And there are estimates that based on the risk of sleep apnea causing increased workplace accidents vehicular accidents, reducing productivity, and then being linked to other comorbid diseases, the total cost in the U.S. in 2015 was $150 billion. Dude, $150 billion? Yeah. Wait, and that's from sleep apnea alone or like just general not getting enough sleep? This is from sleep apnea alone. Dude, that is so much. Although when you say that it affects a billion people that it kind of makes sense. Like you're talking about just, it's just like law of large numbers at this point. I guess it's not really what law of large numbers is, but it's a large number of people who are suffering from it. And even if each one, it's like a small economic impact that adds up. Yeah. So I think it's estimated that like there may be 20 million people in the U S 
who either I think it I couldn't tease out whether it was like 20 million who have it diagnosed or 20 million who are undiagnosed. Oh but my god. Basically they're they estimate that they estimate that there's like for each person it's like you know the cost is $3000 per person per person who has it. Yeah. So it's not that much but you know a lot of people have it so but that's more than more than I would have thought. And I bet that just with that number of people like you know you and I probably know multiple people who have sleep apnea. Oh yeah. I can think of like a handful off the top of my head. I imagine like you know you said that it could be undiagnosed. I imagine that's also a hard thing to know that you have. Like maybe you maybe you just think like, "Oh, I'm I'm one of those people who snores." But like that could be a symptom of a much worse problem. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I remember one roommate in college and it was like he would snore so loud and then you wouldn't hear anything out of him for like 30 seconds and you're like, "Dude, you would like want to knock just to make sure he was alive." And this is actually Dude, that's like a, actually scary. Yeah. This is like a common report from spouses whose like significant other has sleep apnea. Like sometimes they think they're dead because they just like don't breathe for a significant period of time. That is so scary. Yeah. Don't you need like a really serious like machine to stop doing this? Um, sometimes I, I, there are those like, I don't know what they're called. The Darth Vader masks. Oh, yeah. Not it, like not makes the, that's not fair. But it makes say, that sound. I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And I think sometimes people opt for like an upper respiratory surgery. But hmm. from what I was reading in this paper, it's like that surgery isn't always super effective. And actually, it seems like from what they were finding, at least in obese patients, weight loss could be one of the best methods for reducing sleep apnea. Really? So why is that? Like, do they know what even causes it in the first place? So from what I was gathering it's like i mean on a high level i think the answer is no not fully i don't think they totally understand the mechanisms of sleep apnea it seems like there are two different two different types primarily there's obstructive sleep apnea which is caused mostly from so i think it's like the muscles in your throat they kind of like relax and this causes you to snore and it cuts off your passageway for periods of time and then there's central sleep apnea that has more to do with the n- nervous system and how the brain controls breathing while you sleep. So oh. this study focuses only on obstructive sleep apnea. Okay. And that's more of like a kind of like a mechanical failure than like a neurological failure. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Huh. Okay. So I'm starting to get a sense of how this idea of like your tongue fat or just like being obese might kind of come into this like if it's about things obstructing your airway like if well if you've got a lot of fat tissue in there i can imagine there's a lot you know and you're kind of lying on your back and your muscles relax like everything probably just sort of squishes up and blocks your airways yeah i think so i mean and it would make sense on a like very high level for someone who doesn't know much about physiology but you know if you're dependent on these muscles maintaining their like performance or whatever while you're sleeping, but they're having to carry a lot of fatty tissue, maybe that like decreases their efficiency oh, or their stamina, yeah. something like that. That's my hand wavy explanation. Wow. So you really do need to do like, you know, tongue push ups, like get those muscles strong. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, so 
and that's one of the things they end up bringing up and we can talk about it more later but it's like you know great so what do you do with this information now um yeah well and it sounds like that's kind of what this paper is trying to answer right yeah at least to motivate research going in that direction i would say all right so you kind of gave like a as you know a solid executive summary earlier but um what what were they actually doing in this study like how did they you know how they pick their cohort and what were the methods here yeah so for this study they were able to collect a cohort of individuals all of whom were obese so they had a body mass index on average of 43 and they had previously been diagnosed with OSA obstructive sleep apnea okay i'll probably bounce around between saying obstructive sleep apnea and OSA just cuz it's so much quicker all right as long as everyone is on the same page OSA obstructive sleep, sleep apnea. apnea and so from this cohort basically these people were interested in losing weight by either one of two means bariatric surgery so that's surgery uh intended for weight loss or lifestyle modification is the surgery like where you get like a a band put around your stomach or something like that or is it like liposuction no uh more like the the band around your stomach okay as i understood it it's looked like there were four or five different surgeries they looked at or that um the patients had undergone but okay did they do the surgeries as part of this study or this was like they asked people who were going in for these surgeries, hey, do you also want to be part of this study? I think the patients were already going in for the surgery. Okay. So it yeah. wasn't like an incentive for them, you know, like... No. Free, you know, free surgery with every study. <laughs> no, I don't think so. That was, at least that's how I interpreted it from the paper. Okay. Um, and you said there were 90 patients, right? There were... So I think in total, yeah, there were approximately 90 and then they ended up reporting the results from like 65 of the patients. And I couldn't quite gather why it was fewer than the total number, but yeah. Okay. So several dozen. Okay. And from that population, um, all of them were o- older than 18 with uh, average age of 49 years and um, a demographic makeup of 40% male, 60% female, and 47% Caucasian. Um, so at least a pretty okay. even split on gender and, you know, pretty good spread for uh, race too, considering like most university studies. Yeah, I was going to say, but also it just says 47% Caucasian, like it doesn't say the other races and percents or? I think it's in the supplemental materials. Oh, oh you couldn't be bothered, James. Dude, this was like a 50 page paper. I'm just joking. I I know how annoying it is even just to find supplemental materials and let alone like dig through them. Yeah. So listeners, I'm sorry, but we'll post a link to the paper if you're curious. It's also probably not that important to this study if if it's not even in the paper. So yeah. Well, okay. Fun factoid from the previous paper, the one from 2014 that I was mentioning that showed a link between tongue fat and sleep apnea. Yeah. They did a comparison between like Chinese and Icelandic patients. And I was like, interesting. What? <laughs> Where do they even get that cohort? <laughs> Dude, I have no idea. You take like one of the most populous and one of the least populous populaces <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, where geographically are you conducting this study that you have access to those different patients? 
are you like in Antarctica or something like where there's a lot of people internationally in one place? I have no idea. Might <laughs> might merit uh, a little bit more reading time after we're done yeah. with this episode. But so I mentioned the study sort of took place over the course of six months. So at the very beginning, they did a baseline measurement and then they followed up with another set of measurements. Okay. measurements what are they? Wait, what are they actually measuring? Good question. So they did a polysomnography, which is a sleep study, and that was used to measure the severity of their sleep apnea um, using what's known as the AHI index, the apnea hypopnea index. Mm, suffering from a case of RAS syndrome. What's RAS? Redundant acronym syndrome. Oh, yeah. You're probably inundated with acronyms right now. No, I'm I'm making fun of you because you said AHI index, but the I stands for index. Oh, dang it. ATM machine, pin number. Ah, Cairo River. Not quite the same thing, but... <laughs> Wait, what? Apparently, Ky- er, Cairo, Nile River. Nile means river. Oh, well, that's not really an acronym, but that's also, that is an interesting factoid. I didn't know that. Or Chai Tea. Chai means tea. Does chai mean tea? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So the AHI index is basically, and I'm going to continue calling it the AHI index. Good. Stick to your guns. So it's used to indicate the severity of sleep apnea, like I said. It's represented by the number of apnea and hypopnea. Hypopnea being shallow breathing versus apnea, which is the cessation of breathing. Mm. Um, so the number of event- events per hour of sleep. Okay. So what is, uh, I have two questions. First, what is considered like a bad AHI index? So a bad AHI index is greater than 30. So that'd be severe sleep apnea. 30 per hour? Yeah. And to be classified as an event, each event has to last for 10 seconds or more. Oh my God. That's like every minute or like every two, I mean, every two minutes would be like the threshold. But if, you, if you're if you worse than that, yeah. dude, that's so scary. Yeah. Like think about how much oxygen you're missing. So less than five yeah. for reference is normal, no sleep apnea. Okay. So, well, my second question here is how do they actually measure that? You mentioned this like poly, where was it? Poly somnography sleep study do they put do they do you have to like wear a mask or something while you sleep or does someone watch you and count it's kind of like a full test where i think you get eeg to measure brain waves with sleep they measure blood oxygen level limb movement heart rate as well wow so you're like really hooked up to stuff yeah man you're instrumented i feel like anyone would have bad sleep if you like you're probably over you know, predicting these events or something, but probably not helping, but you know, yeah. <laughs> keep someone awake long enough to probably fall asleep. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So they're measuring these people's AHI. Uh, they got a baseline measurement before the surgery or before the lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. And then do they just measure once at the end of the six months or do they like kind of take periodic measurements or what do they do? So then they just measured once six months later and so they did, I, we mentioned the polysomnography, but then this is the big thing. They also used MRI as a way to measure airway sizes, soft tissue volumes, and abdominal fat volumes. So this is a oh, way wow. of characterizing their actual anatomy to see how it changed um, 
over the course of their weight loss regime. And then they can start to correlate that with their sleep apnea scores. Okay. So they had like a lot of data on each of these patients. Yeah. So they had a lot of data, but really like two data points as I understand it. Yeah. Like two data points time-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it would definitely be interesting to see a progression or something, but given how much they're measuring, I can see why that would be very hard to do. Yeah. And for relatively large amount of patients too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, just doing this on one person sounds like very time intensive and resource intensive and let alone, you know, 90. Yeah. Like basically doing 200 MRIs and sleep studies. Yeah. The sleep studies sound intense. Sound a little sleepy over there yourself. I I am a little sleepy. I've turned into a James. I want to fall asleep at 930. Hey, it's work. (laughs) I guess it's worked for me this far. I know. I'm I'm a total convert, actually. JPL will change a guy. Yeah, that's what happens. Okay, so what did they? What actually changed over these six months? Like, I'm really curious to hear how it differed between the the diet and exercise people versus the surgery people. So basically, at this point in the paper, it becomes a big statistics game. Yeah. And from what I understand, it's like didn't really matter whether you did the surgery or you chose the like lifestyle caloric intake changes. They really found was that as you lost weight, your sleep apnea decreased. So what they then wanted to find was what were the biggest changes? Sorry, I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this. You know, so they're looking at how all these anatomical structures change. And so they wanted to try to figure out what's the impact of the structure that's changing that drives sleep apnea the most. Yeah. Like it, it, it's gotta be something a little more nuanced than just like overall weight on your body. Right. Yeah. Like to throw out an example, like is belly fat impacting your sleep apnea right and you're like well intuitively probably not but like let's measure that but then you know let's also measure the amount of fatty tissue in your soft palate and like your respiratory pathways as well and your tongue so so weight was a big indicator but then what uh what of like those really specific things they measured i mean i already know the answer because of your nice executive summary and the headlines and all that but i'm assuming they pulled out tongue fat (laughs) Well, yeah, so tongue fat was a significant individual mediator, they say. So basically, as I understood it, uh, again, like very statistics heavy, but it sounds like they basically found the correlation between percent change in weight and percent change in AHI. And then they controlled for different changes that they observed from the MRIs to see what was significant. So for example, they found that percent change in airway size or percent change in abdominal fat volumes did not significantly change the relationship between percent change in weight and percent change in AHI. So Wait, so the airway size did not have an effect? Surprisingly, yeah. They talk about this a little bit in considerations for like, because that doesn't quite make intuitive sense, but they talk about like perhaps why that was a challenging measurement to do. Oh, meaning like maybe their data could be better or... Or maybe they didn't quite have the resolution that they needed to make that measurement. I see. Like, so it can't be like fully ruled out, but for what they've measured here, it did not correlate. Yeah, as I understood. Okay. It's a little surprising. Yeah. What they said was like, perhaps like all it takes is a very small change in airway size to make a difference. 
and like small changes in the angle of the patient in the MRI machine could throw off the measurement to the point where like you just can't at least they couldn't measurement measure yeah yeah I see all right so I mean it sounds like they've ruled out some things did they find any other like surprising correlations or like surprising non-correlations well so I guess one thing that I found interesting was you know you look at these headlines and they're like tongue fat affects sleep apnea right yeah like you know you get this like 110 percent feeling like definite like no issues nothing like that and what they said in the paper was that changes in tongue fat accounted for about 30 percent of the total effect of weight loss on improvement in ahi which Uh, is so it's a lot yeah i don't i guess i don't really understand what that means like it it accounts for 30% of the effect that weight loss had on AHI. But how do they like know that that's... I guess I just don't understand statistics <laughs> is the problem. It's like... I mean, it's driving 30% of the change that's happening. So, I mean, tongue fat alone isn't causing it, but it's like it's one of the bigger, the bigger players. Okay, so is this like... What was that one thing that we talked about like many episodes ago where you explained it to me really well? Yeah, I think it was on the artificial tongue episode. Or was this the the artificial tongue or the uh, bit rate? No, it wasn't the bit rate one. It's, uh, it's basically like when you have a bunch of variables and then you have like a, a measured outcome, you can kind of just see like which variables, if you took them or tweaked them oh. or something, that they would change the outcome. And that's how you determine what is it called? Like the linear algebra? <laughs> no, 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 no. But it's no, but called it, like the the singular value decomposition. That is not the word, but that's uh, I'm sure that's what they're doing here. It was something like first Princi- oh, component, principal, component, principal analysis. component analysis. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, from what I understand, yeah, this is basically like, yeah, you know, they measured a ton of different variables. What variables had the biggest impact? Tongue fat probably had the biggest impact but it's not like tongue fat alone is accounting for this big change tongue fat is one of the players that's doing it i see huh okay that's really interesting it's really interesting that like uh i guess that there's all these different contributors to it and that you can't just sort of like single out like one culprit yeah and what they get into then is like there's no real they're not really sure yet how you can target just tongue fat and they pitch some ideas. They're like, you know, future research could look at different types of diets that maybe help to reduce tongue fat, or maybe cold therapy would be an option that targets the tongue to help reduce fat in that area specifically. Well, I guess this is why I said, like, this is what I meant when I said that it's interesting that it's not just one thing. It's like, sure. Tongue fat may be the bigger contributor of all these things, but it's not even more than 50%. And it sounds like just losing weight causes all the different contributors to make it better for you. So it's almost like, why even focus that hard on the tongue fat aspect of this instead of just saying like, hey, like lose weight and you'll sleep better and you'll, you won't have as bad sleep apnea. Well, yeah. So that's what I'm getting at is like, if you look at the popular news, the only takeaway you have is, oh, tongue fat that's the only thing you take away right 
yeah and it's like oh, the, oh look this one trick they found this one this one correlation here that you know magical answer but it's not no i mean my biggest takeaway from this paper is if you're overweight and you have sleep apnea losing weight is probably your best bet for improving your symptoms right granted i'm not a doctor and i have no background to say that except for having read this paper but having read the paper that was what i took away i think that there is enough you know body of research at this point to say if you are overweight losing weight is good for your health i think we can make paper boys does not endorse that statement charlie i'll go ahead and endorse that (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna bankrupt us chuck (laughs) no i yeah you know there's nothing crazy in saying that so yeah i mean we just did a whole bonus episode about vaccines so we're not doctors but we did that so dude that paper was nuts though it was pretty nuts, yeah. Anyway, we won't get into it now. Not um, while not while we're in the middle of this tongue fat discussion. No, we're in the, while we're in the thick of it. We're in the thick of it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean honestly though, it, like that's the whole paper. <laughs> they found these correlations, and uh, tongue fat was one of the big players. So okay. Well, we probably you know stretched that out a little longer than it had to be, but that's all right. I mean, you know, we were just chewing the fat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you've been you've been waiting to say that all episode no i have been waiting for the last 30 seconds though good work good work charlie so yeah i mean losing weight helps to reduce the effects of sleep apnea in obese patients cool surprise 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 but i mean the tongue fat is the surprising part but yeah and it- mostly because it's a surprise that it exists because i did not know you could have a fat tongue yeah. Charlie, I'm going to next time you make me mad, I'm going to insult your fat tongue. <laughs> that would be mean. Don't fat shame it, my tongue. It's kind of mean. Like yeah. it, it cuts. It cuts deep. That's like yeah, that's like a that's like a very clever insult, you know. It's not just like calling someone fat. It's like you have a tongue, you have a fat tongue, you know. It sounds very Shakespearean. It yes, yes, that's a great way of putting it. Very Shakespearean. Like, uh, never mind. My knowledge of Shakespeare isn't deep enough to make a reference. <laughs> yeah, we're not doctors. We're not English people. <laughs> I don't know. English people. Yeah, some <laughs> of us more so than others. So, yeah, you know, our mission here on Paperboys isn't to, like, necessarily debunk popular media or anything like that. But in this case, I actually thought it was insightful to read the paper and at least just clarify some of the details about the assertions that were being made in the popular news i'm gonna i'm gonna make a stronger statement than you i will say yes it is our mission to debunk popular science media that is that's that's what we do james it's our bread and butter two (laughs) i will say is two i will say is that uh i think you did more than just like kind of clarify this like i think you actually did a big service here because reading those headlines if I had sleep apnea, I would look at that and say like, oh, tongue fat. Like, well, what can I even do with that? I didn't even know that I had a fat tongue, you know? And that'd be one of those things where you read it and you go like, oh, well, sure. I could fix my sleep apnea if I just didn't have a fat tongue, but it's not like there's a tongue workout or a tongue diet, you know? Not yet. But instead, if the headlines just said like, weight loss 
dramatically improves sleep apnea. That's like a that's like an easy target for anyone, you know? Yeah, you're right. I'm basically the man. You are the man. <laughs> I'll agree with that one too. No, but no, I agree with you. Like, I think a much more relevant headline would be like, weight loss is highly connected to sleep apnea and one of the main contributors is tongue fat. Yeah, there's your two-sentence headline, Washington Post style. Dang. Yeah, Jeff Bezos, you better pay me for that. Yeah, they said tongue fat was the reason sleep apnea was bad. It wasn't. <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> dude, you have a great career ahead of you should you ever decide to jump ship from JPL. Yeah, I'll just, be, I'll just be the headline writer for WAPO. Yeah, just smoke cigars and <laughs> yell all the time. Yeah, yeah promising career but smoking cigars probably not good for sleep apnea definitely not that's how you make your tongue fat <laughs> that's how you fatten up that tongue yeah uh cool well thank you james thank you for actually doing this very good service shame on cnn mad props to science focus for their fat got your tongue headline which is great that was awesome yeah yeah i hope everybody enjoyed the episode if you had any questions or comments about it as always, please do reach out to us on social media via email as well. Our handle is at paperboyspod. Our email is paperboyspod at gmail.com. Charlie, do you want to tell them about the Patreon? Yeah, definitely check out the Patreon. Um, we actually have had like a big surge in Patreon subscribers. So I just want to say thank you very much to all the people who have signed up. Um, we've been getting some really good feedback on our second bonus episode video which is way better than the first one still there are things that can be improved upon and so our third one that'll be coming out for february you can expect even better stuff maybe i'll even film myself next to the orange tree that's out in the yard here Ooh. in my southern california mansion so perfect uh, it'll actually be sunny unlike when we film in seattle yeah it sun doesn't rise here until like 8 a.m it's very sad yeah so uh check that out we do bonus episodes every month Pi dollars a month gets you the episodes. G dollars a month. I'll let you gravitational nerds figure that one out. G dollars a month gets you the bonus episode videos. And we have even cooler benefits as you go up. So uh, patreon.com slash paperboyspod. And you can get all that there. Thanks so much for listening. Please join us again next week for another exciting edition of Paperboys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>